American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Whether you're seasoned or new, this is the place for patriots, preppers, and partisans who understand the necessity of being able to receive and share information with others, grid up or grid down. This is Partisan Radio. Welcome to Volume 25. Uh, Hello, Amron and newcomers. Patriots, preppers, redoubters, we are currently at AMCON 5, which is the lowest AMRON condition level with no known threats to our communications infrastructure. If you are a net control operator, be sure to announce the most current AMCON level in the preamble to your net script. Good job to everyone who tuned in and participated in the last nets, despite the horrible band conditions on 20 meters. There are several things that I wanted to cover this week. Right at the beginning, we mentioned the AMCON level being at AMCON 5, which is the lowest uh, threat level. There are no known imminent threats to our communications infrastructure. However, if you are following international geopolitics, as I hope that you are, we see that things are escalating. Uh, There are now uh, ballistic missile testing that's taking place. Uh, with Russia, China, the United States, not as a joint training operation, but this is uh, saber-rattling intended to intimidate their supposed adversaries. Well, we as citizens can get caught up in the middle of these uh, muscle-flexing episodes, especially if things escalate. Uh, Tensions are very high in the Middle East with operations going on in Syria and soon to be Iraq. We have naval operations in the South China Sea. We have uh, military operations now in Central Europe between NATO troops, uh, many U.S. troops, standing nose to nose with Russian troops around the area of Ukraine. So things are tense and things could escalate so quickly. We have to be prepared to put our emergency communications into action. Because of the latest technology in weaponry is so oriented toward electromagnetic weaponry, as I'm watching things escalate, I want to encourage all of you to take uh, precautionary measures. We're also in the middle of the peak of a solar cycle with a lot of solar activity where experts are saying it's really a matter of time. It's not a fear thing. It's just a fact that the sun is putting off a lot of potentially very dangerous solar flares, also known as coronal mass ejections or CMEs. And we've been fortunate enough that none of them have been directly pointed toward the Earth, at least not any destructive solar flares, continue to have low-grade CMEs that really give us some pretty northern lights and ruins the HF bands for a couple of days. 
But something more powerful could reach the Earth in as little as 24 hours or three to five days, depending on the intensity of a CME. So if one is uh, directly aimed at the Earth, uh, we could have devastating, catastrophic effects to our uh, electrical commercial power grid system and our communications infrastructure. That combined with the fact that several governments now are toying with nuclear-capable uh, missile systems and just a lot of uh, muscle flexing. I want to encourage you to keep all non-critical gear in some type of Faraday protection. Uh, that could be a whole show in and of itself and still wouldn't even do the topic justice. It is simply measures to shield your sensitive electronics from harmful electromagnetic energy. There are a lot of resources on the internet that can guide you through the process of developing, building, constructing very simple, very easy, very low-cost methods of protecting your electronics. If you have the the benefit of having two HF rigs or two radios, two hand, two of anything, keep one protected. If you have different models of uh, radios, uh, rotate them out so you can stay familiar with the different settings and the operation of each of these different communications devices. But Keep one protected all the time. If you're going to leave for a couple of days, uh, unplug all of your antennas and uh, do as much as you can to protect and ground your stations. Uh, it might not be a bad idea to get in the habit of just disconnecting your antennas uh, when, you, uh, when you know you're not going to be on the air for a day or two. And these steps could help mitigate damage from electromagnetic energy, either from a solar flare or man-made electromagnetic weapons. I want to encourage you to just take it seriously. So enough said on that. Okay, now we've been talking uh, quite a bit about CW, Morse code. I wanted to give you a couple of resources. One that I've had for a while and I cannot recall if I already told you about it. So I'm going to tell you again if I have. Uh, or the first time, if I have not. It is at www.alphacharlie6victor.com slash morseaids, and I'll spell that. M-O-R-S-E, Morse, aids, A-I-D-S, dot H-T-M. And I am going to post that on the volume 25 notes posting so that you'll be able to just click on that as a link that will take you right there to ac6v.com slash morse aids there is so much information there about morse code and resources i want to make sure that you have that now there's an app that somebody brought to my attention to help you learn morse code this is a lot of fun i downloaded the app it's called morse toad M-O-R-S-E, toad, T-O-A-D, like a frog, Morse toad. It makes it like a video game type of learning experience. It walks you through various different steps that unlocks uh, subsequent levels as you progress. And it's something that uh, the kids could enjoy. It's something that's easy for adults to, to latch onto. And it really does... Uh, stick in your head. I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised with it. So I want to encourage you to go check that out uh, for on your smart devices. Right now, it, I'm only aware 
of it being available for Android-based platforms. But if you have an Android, then go check that out. We've been doing a lot also with one-time pads. I want to keep you keep you involved in that. So we are going to be continuing with more with one-time pad training, but we're going to do something different here in a couple of weeks. We are going to have a one-time pad contest where we are going to be giving away an official Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model BB rifle with a compass in the stock. Okay, I don't know if it's going to have a compass in the stock. We're working on that. But we are giving away a Red Rider Carbine Action 200-shot range model BB rifle on December 7th. Partisan Radio, there will be a one-time message, uh, one-time pad message for the youth. We're going to try to train up the next generation of partisan radio operators. And this is a lot of fun. It's something that uh, will hopefully, it's going to reward your efforts. At least one proud youth is going to be having a Red Rider BB gun for Christmas this year. Compliments of Amron and Radio Free Redoubt and Partisan Radio. So tune in December 7th for Partisan Radio when we post that. That will have a one-time pad for the kids. Now, this is for the kids. Parents may assist, but the kids need to do the decoding and decrypting on their own. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, we focus a lot on radios. But remember, Amron and Partisan Radio is both a grid-up and grid-down communications effort. The Partisans of World War II, if they had had internet and encryption, they would have used it. Well, we can't forsake the technology that gives us uh, instant access to others in a network with encryption. So many of you have started using encrypted emails. We've encouraged you to do one of the top rated encrypted email services out there. We've mentioned a, a quite a bit is Proton Mail. Proton Mail is their server is based in Switzerland. This has also been hailed as NSA safe encryption email. Well, this has got some people's attention. Somebody doesn't like it. It's either their competitors or a government entity. We don't know. They apparently know. But Proton Mail has been under a denial of service attack. This is when the servers are so overloaded with hits and attempts to log in. There's so much traffic that it basically melts their server down so no one else can access it. It's called a DDoS or denial of service attack. Many of you have been trying to send encrypted secure mail back and forth to one another, but you can't log in to Proton Mail because their servers are down. Now, this takes us back to something else that I've been talking about for a long time, and I've been mentioning this, but maybe not placing enough emphasis on this. There are pros and cons to ProtonMail and other web-based encrypted email like unseen.is and startmail.com. The upside is, as long as you have access to the internet, you can access your email from anywhere in the world. You can stop in at a coffee shop or an internet cafe. If you can get on a computer from a library or anywhere, you can log on to protonmail.com and you have access to your email. That's good. If you become separated from your computer, from your personal computer, you can still access your emails. Now, the downside to this is you have no control over 
the servers or your keys, because those are held at ProtonMail, all of this is completely dependent on you being able to access not only the internet, but their servers. So for the last week and a half, ProtonMail has been up and down and up and down in and out of service. I am a strong proponent of GPG encryption. And this is what I want to encourage you to do. And I'll tell you why. First of all, when you have GPG Thunderbird downloaded on your computer, you have your emails at your fingertips, regardless of whether or not the internet is up. Also, your inner, your emails are encrypted until you open them. So after you open an email and decrypt it and read it, as soon as you exit out of Thunderbird, it re-encrypts it. So it's secure on your laptop as long as you have a very strong password. The other thing is you have access to your emails regardless of whether or not you have access to a server or the internet at all. If the internet is down and you have your laptop with you, you can just open it up and pull up the emails with maybe that that phone number or that address that you needed or some other piece of information. It's still there with you regardless of whether or not ProtonMail or anybody else's servers are down. GPG Thunderbird email is free and it takes a little bit of setting up. And this is what deters people from going this route because it requires a little bit more work and they're intimidated by it. ProtonMail, Unseen.is, Hushmail, any of these others are turnkey encryption. You sign up, you get an account, you start using it. You click on the little key to encrypt it or you don't click on the little key and it won't encrypt it. And there you go. It's easy. I, I want to encourage you to go to YouTube, because remember, YouTube is your friend. Type in Thunderbird GPG Setup, and there are tutorials there that will walk you through step-by-step setting up Thunderbird GPG email. You also have control of your own private key, and you exchange public keys with those that you want to have encryption correspondence with, and you have access to your emails. And is set up so that you can pull in all of your other emails, regardless of what you have, Yahoo, Gmail, or any other email service, you can pull into this and set it up using the pop settings. So you can actually have three or four of your email uh, addresses in the same Thunderbird program and email and receive encryption from any of those using the encryption that is within Thunderbird. It's the way to go, and it gives you a lot more control, and you're not at the mercy of someone else's server being down. Go to YouTube, type in Thunderbird GPG. I actually put up a posting this week called Communications Measures Grid Up and Grid Down a Primer. In this posting, because... When you go to YouTube and type in Thunderbird GPG setup, there are several tutorials. Many of them are great. There are a couple that are not so great. I posted one of the better tutorials, in my opinion, that is uh, easy to understand, walks you through step by step. I put a link in that posting to probably one of the better uh, tutorials that I've seen. So for your benefit, go to amron.com, find the article, Communications Measures, Grid Up and Grid Down, a primer. That's what you're looking for. Uh, or if you listen to this much later and uh, that posting is pushed way down into the archives, go to the 
search box in the upper right-hand corner at Amron.com and type in communications measures grid up and grid down, and that article will pop up. In there is a link to that GPG Thunderbird email setup. Now at Amron.com or in the Amron network, we place a lot of emphasis on digital modes because they work when other modes will not. It's also more private because you must have the software to be able to decode it. So just anyone listening on a scanner or shortwave radio intercepting your communications, they hear a digitalized fax type tone instead of plain voice. So it makes a little bit more private. But remember, it's not secure communications. It's just more private communications because anyone with the software can decode it if they know what to look for and they know what they're doing. Now, I want to encourage you to continue practicing digital modes and you can do this on your own. You don't have to wait for a net, but you should be practicing until you're so comfortable with it. You could actually teach somebody else how to do it step by step. Once again, YouTube is your friend, but a greater friend for you is Amron.com. Go to the search box in the upper right hand corner and type in digital. And there are multiple articles that will take you through step by step how to set up your digital modes, what free software to download, how to set it up so that you can start sending and receiving digital communications. You don't have to have a ham radio and a signal link and all this other great stuff to be able to do that with. You can do it many other ways you can practice. You can actually hold your phone up to the speaker on your computer. You can send this to somebody else over the t- over a phone. You can send it over the internet. You can save the audio files of that digital uh, signal and somebody else can decode it on the other end by opening up the audio file. You can also use walkie-talkie apps like Zello to practice sending digital communications back and forth to each other and uh, uh, encoding and decoding digital communications. So practice with it. It's fun. And don't wait until you get your ham station all set up and everything's perfect and then start practicing with it. Practice now. As long as the grid's up, there are many different ways you can send digital communications to other parties. The net, ch- the net times changed, of course, with the time change, the daylight savings time. So I want to bring something up here. We have switched over to the 80-meter nets, and we changed over to the time. However, we are going to be staying on this time year-round. That's the plan. So in the spring, when time changes, it will, it will not change the nets. It will only change local time for you, but we will stay on the same Zulu time, which does not change, year-round. For 40 and 80-meter nets, it will stay on the same Zulu time, uh, regardless of what uh, the, the local daylight savings time does. Now, this benefits the nets in uh, several ways. Uh, First of all, gives us consistency with Zulu time year-round, which emergency communications should be based on consistent times and Zulu times. That is the standard the world over. So we use Zulu time, and, and this will help with that. You will have to adjust your local time. But this is another thing that it gives us. In the summer... Uh, This will push the nets back local time an hour, and that will put our 40-meter nets closer to sunset 
and after sunset in some parts of the country, which is actually more beneficial for the 40 and 80 meter bands as they do their best at nighttime, whereas 20 meters does its best during the daytime. So this schedule will help keep the 20 meter closer to daylight hours and the 40 and 80 meters pushed back toward the nighttime hours. This is going to create one issue, and that is with folks and their work schedules, especially on the East Coast. This means that once the time changes back, the nets are going to be earlier local time and for many operators before they get home from work. So we want to encourage you to step up as a net control operator. If you're involved in Amron and you've been involved in Amron for a while and you're not a net control operator, I want to encourage you to look into that. We've got resources and plenty of help to come alongside of you to help you become an effective net control operator. We are definitely going to need more. We should have more to pull from than we do with the size that uh, Amron has grown to. Uh, We really need you folks to step up and volunteer as net control operators. You will not be alone. You're not going to be thrown to the wolves. There's lots of resources, and there are people that will come alongside you and help with that. So don't be intimidated by it. We'll walk you through step-by-step how to do that and support you along the way. Now, something came up this week, and then I'm going to close. We had a couple of net control operators say, you know, I just feel like I my station can't copy the net word of the week. And so I feel like I shouldn't be a net control station. Please consider a couple of things. First of all, you should be doing whatever you can to receive the net word of the week, especially if you're a net control operator. Or the net control operator should be identifying a couple of people in their net who can receive it, either with a ham radio or a shortwave radio. But if you can't, don't give up. Your net is very important for keeping like-minded patriots connected with each other within your network, even if you don't have a lifeline to the outside and the rest of the network. But we want to encourage you to try to continue to make improvements so that you can reach out and at least receive communications from the rest of the network. We send a net word of the week, each net, as a way to practice listening for, seeking out, and finding and passing along a specific piece of information. Last week, it was flag-13, flag-13. That was the net word of the week, which is also accompanied by a two-digit authentication number. That lets us know for certain you got this off the net because these are not uh, put out over the internet or email or anywhere else. That's the only way to get the net word of the week is by tuning in and making sure your station is operational. If you're not getting that, we want you to make the necessary adjustments to your station. And if you're not sure how, ask us. Sometimes you might have an HF station that is perfectly operational, can reach people uh, normally, but during the nets, they can't seem to get the net word of the week. This might be a matter of antenna orientation. It could be uh, the configuration of the antenna. It could be a number of different things. And we'll want to walk walk you through that, helping you troubleshoot that so that you can uh, get the net word of the week or in a real world situation, get situation reports and intelligence and information that is important for your community. 
But if you can't get the net word of the week, don't stop doing your local nets because you have, you have to practice within your nets so that you can be connected with each other in a real-world disaster situation. Uh, one individual said that uh, they, they felt like it was not adequate for them to be able to get the net word of the week from another station uh, in their net, that they should be able to get it themselves. And I understand this, and I appreciate somebody wanting to work toward, you know, being self-reliant as possible, not having to rely on other people. But if we didn't rely on other people, we wouldn't have a network. That's the whole point of a network. It, one or two HF-capable stations, even if they only receive shortwave radio, can be a link or a lifeline to the entire rest of the network. So the fact that you are discouraged because you can't get the network of the week and must get it from another operator within your network, that shows, well, the network is working because you can get the network of the week, even if not directly. So once again, can't stress it enough. This is called a network for a reason. And this is self-reliance on a community level scale. Well, that's all I got for you guys for this week. This is volume 25 of Partisan Radio. Keep working on getting your comms up. And for Amron Core, be expecting some traffic to come down Highway 55 in the next seven days. I'll keep you posted on any developments. And shoot me your questions and your thoughts. And thank you for all for your recommendations and ideas. This is John Jacob Schmidt, 73. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, Radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.